Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever the fuck you weebs are listening at, or whatever time zone you are in. How far ahead is Japan from us? It's like 10 hours? That's a great question. No clue. <laughs> I think it's like 10, 11 hours. I know they used to do... um Time in... Because, like, the shit we would get for, like, Saturday morning, like, their Saturday morning TV was always at... um. It's uh, 15 hours ahead. Jeez. Ocean is big. Hey, fuck's <laughs> sakes, guys. You don't even want to be on the same day as us. I get it, but damn. Yeah, it's... Uh, so... 6, 6.28 a.m. over there. So, yeah, they're full. Half there day it is. Away. It's Saturday. I think, I think that's, like, the biggest, like way to give someone a good grasp of how big the fucking ocean is it's just let's see like how big or how well, specifically how big uh the, speci- the pacific ocean is time travel and go 15 hours into the fucking future yeah because in japan in england for example considered the other side of the globe from here it's only damn so we have a whole continent and another ocean in between us, and it's still way less. Yeah, no, that shit is half gosh. as much. Shit is nuts. Um, today we don't have our yellow monkey. Matt is not with us. Matt had to do work things. Um, I'm never not gonna start with that. Like, I don't care like what looks or I get. Like, it's just it's too funny not to. And no one gives Keezer any funny looks when they call him the yellow monkey. What? What? Or because what is it? It's not there. It's literally just their tag because it's not even like his name. It's just because his name is Borsalino. It's their code name. Yeah, which is stupid in context when you think literally the three most important Marines at any given time because of the only Marines that are worth a shit after a certain point. It's like, oh, man, they got a code name. Like, y'all don't fucking know who the nine foot man made of light is. Well, I, I think it's. uh Um. Goes back to like when they were smaller or uh, lower ranking, is my understanding. Did they get code names like because the uh, they had they had those code names when they were um, destroying O'Hara, I believe. I don't remember because that's in the manga, both the manga and the anime. They specifically um, they don't use a Kainu's name. They just call him Sakazuki, so they kind of keep him still in mystery. Sakazuki's his name. Yeah, correct. The Kainu, the Kainu is the is the tag name. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right because they keep Code it name. kind of mysterious to you because you don't know he's like the third admiral until it gets confirmed at Marineford. Hmm. Is they still keep him as like you just think he's like this dickhead VA, but you don't know. You know Alkiji because he's in that arc, but you don't know a Kainu, and you don't go Kizaru until Sabodi. Um, which we got to talk about O'Hara today because there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot to talk about today, but we got we got a lot in terms of we got an insane One Piece chapter, got some JJK recap as well as. Do you want to do the? Do you want to do the JJK recap without Matt here? Well, because I'm not all the way done, and so let me explain how I got to here because I did technically lie because I was trying to get through and be finished by the time we recorded today. Yeah. So then, I think I think it's fine to wait then until Matt gets here because one he has a much better memory than me and I th- I like bouncing it off on multiple perspectives more. Okay, I'll, I'll, Matt's, I'll just Matt's also bitch. red bleach too, 
so he'll, um, he'll understand the most where I'm coming from. <laughs> that's fair. I do. I will get my one bitch from JJK off though. But I okay, got to. Okay. I think I'm on 156, and I wanted so to. You've, you've gone through it. like the the most the big reveals basically. Yeah, I well at least to I think the biggest now like a bunch of people yeah. are dead. Gojo sealed. Um, yes. Ghetto's not ghetto. Um, there's, but I did realize as I was binging it, binging the 10 chapter information dump that is the culling game, if I'm saying that correctly, is just awful. The um, what? The culling game, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. What about the, it? The information dump chapters, that is awful to binge because um... it is a thousand miles an hour and it is the most dense information dump he's done to this point. 156 or seven. I'm on 156. The calling game introduction, I believe, is approximately like 135 to like 144. Oh, you're talking about like when they first like announced. Yeah, and he's going over all the rules and he's explaining. Um, you, oh, that's just... not like, oh, well, that's when he like, that's the end of Shibuya. Yeah. So that's when he's like explaining everything. Really, you so when he's explaining everything, you don't like that. No, it's not that I don't like it, I don't like binge reading it because uh, it's a strictly like I, I tried to get this in the text. I'm like, he kind of lulls you to sleep in terms of the way you're reading it is there's all this fighting and all this action, and it's a lot of characters doing crazy shit, and you're like, okay, it's fighting, 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 cool, cool. And you read that faster because a no one's really trying to like. Some fights are cool to read. Most fights are better when they're animated. So it's like, all right, you see what's going on. You see outcome shit like that. And I was like, okay, so I'm reading at this one pace, which is pretty fast. Because, you know, not a lot of words. We talked about Bleach last week. Not a lot of words. Then he just goes, hold up. Shonen apparently said I wasn't using enough words. So I'm going to completely flip the script. And it comes off almost as an entirely different writer. Like he just starts going like, Boom, there's this, and there's this, and there's this rule, and this, and it's, and it's not a bad thing. It's just not something that I was ready to try to binge because I got through it and was like, I think I remember like four rules. I don't know if I remember everybody's name. And now Ghetto's a different person. And I'm like, I'm going to, so I had to go back and I am rereading. I think I'm going to reread like essentially 135, 136 up to where I'm at now, where it's going over the rules again, going over. So that I'm aware of, I think the last character I just got was the angel lady. Because um, I want to I want to have full context oh, okay. going into so, this. I, I don't know if you remember. Um, so 136 is, or 135, 136 is like the big climax of Shibuya. Okay, so, so that's that why is... I was so confused. Okay, so that's where, okay, so it's right then the, the explaining of the rules right after. Because I think yeah, when... I, I think that's... Um... Maybe one thirty eight. Yeah, whenever whatever chapters he's explaining all the rules, it just is. It was a drastic it's change, dense. and I was it's not dense. ready for it. And I was like, I shouldn't binge read this because then I'm going to come in here and I'm going to forget all these little things, and I think I'm going to lose what makes it enjoyable in the first place. And so, yeah. um, similar to this chapter we got this week, is these are my favorite kind of exclude 10 year old me where yes i just liked watching goku punch people these kind of chapters like the chapter down in one piece uh those kind of jjk chapters are the best chapters to me because 
yes, they are info dumps, but when those info dumps come to fruition and you get to see the payoff, it's like, okay, that's when you get to really decide, is this really cool? Is this not? Yeah. Which is why, even though I, I shitted on the Getzo thing, that it could still, I could be wrong in the long term of it. I just didn't like it in the way that it was presented for me because uh, Naruto ruined this for me is I hated this absurd line of succession for the final villain that it was like, I was cool with Obito. All right, Madara, that technically makes sense and has already been there. Black Zetsu, I mean, he's technically been there, but like, why? And then Kaguya is just like, I don't need the mastermind to be like hidden behind X yeah. amount of levels. Of There's only so many masterminds you want to do with. I... Yeah. I personally like this one a lot more because the way we're seeing uh, Kito operate up until then, it's a lot because he seems so much different from the the um, the prologue uh, personality. So like, yeah. you, and he has the scar now on his head, so you're like, okay, something's up. Is he a cursed spirit? Like, what's going on? So, like, leading up to that you don't and we like get told in a flashback like oh like um what uh gojo definitely killed him so what what's going on early i mean they off screen it but like we know he's dead from like the sound effect and from like the visual um Mm -hmm. take so uh he like he was losing he had was missing an arm prior then so he's like a totally different from how we last see him um as a whole human and uh the flashback so something has definitely changed or not the uh the flashback but the prologue um so something's definitely changed since um the end of uh yuta's year um i i think the reveal is much better done because it's not an end game thing it's not in the very final stages of the manga like um like naruto or like, um, as a recent example, Seven Deadly Sins that I finally finished reading. Um, so is that worth? It, huh? The Seven Deadly Sins worth? It's at the start. It's much better than the average shonen because you're not dealing with um, this the copy paste pr- dumbass protagonist, which is nice. Um, <laughs> like you, you can only go through so many like naive. Uh, newbie tropes honestly before you get sick of them um and then and then towards the end um i think very far i've after reading that um and reading like manga that are still ongoing i'm barely firmly in the camp like some manga just aren't meant to be read week to week and some manga will just be better once they're in that volume format they're meant to have that long term longevity and a lot of authors kind of write with that intention um oda for one they don't want to like count on the week-to-week styling as like the ultimate form of storytelling because that's one it's not a particularly healthy form and two um it doesn't always work well um so you get kind of like a slow chapter with a cool final reveal of one piece last week and then you get the full-on info dump this week as a lead-in. And honestly, I wasn't, like, too hot on last week's chapter. It was fun. It was, like, kind of cool, but it didn't have too much going on. And I was looking for more. And I was kind of, like, just like, okay, 
Yeah. You got to have nap, Jake. What more do you need in the chapter? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, Jujutsu Kaisen, I think, is like kind of the opposite where it, it very much is a week to week manga. Um, despite itself, it does so well in that format to the point where when it does slow down, um, it it's kind of like the antithesis of uh what you're normally reading so you're so you thrive it thrives in this like fast-paced environment and then when it slows down to give a, itself a breath and explain things and elaborate you're so not you're just not used to that because the last 10 chapters have been like a blaze of fucking glory yeah, no. so oh like i i really think that's like kind of uh, it's more of like a week-to-week issue is like because when you do get those info dumps you're like okay um this is not what i was expecting this week i'm not in the mind set for it so i think i think that's like a um just a something i really i'm starting to like see more when reading manga and so seven deadly sins i think it might actually be a fun binge read because after reading it recently a lot of problems i had with the finale i didn't have as much the second time around just because i I wasn't reading week to week and I wasn't being disappointed week to week like I am with uh, My Hero Academia right now. Because <laughs> that's what it was a very similar experience. Like week to week, I was just, it was kind of like pulling itself out of its own ass. And I was just kind of sick of reading that over and over. And it, the, the bad parts aren't so bad when you read it all at once. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, <laughs> this is what that's I'm trying a to say. huge help when like you can kind of, like if the chapters, so, so to me, and I kind of get that feeling as I'm reading it. Yeah, this probably would be really dope when you're actually going week to week uh, versus a binge. Um, the uh, like Dressrosa is that for me? I think Dressrosa is awful to read week to week. I think Dressrosa yeah. as a whole is fantastic because it's try. It's the first time I was really trying to put an emphasis on like essentially end game major players without us fully understanding yeah, it yet. Bringing things together there. Yeah, and, but it's like that, yeah, I that's hate a, the that's a great example because that is that is definitely there's parts of One Piece where I was like ha- more than happy to check out for a month and be like, okay, I'll come back because I'm like I'm not enjoying it right now, um, and that was before the app was really like readily available and you kind of had to go out of your way to read the chapters. Mm-hmm. Now it's just so much easier, and yeah. not that it wasn't easy before, but. Um, it's even easier now. I get little notifications. Um, yeah. If I just uh, wait till Sunday. Um. So yeah, it's. Wait. I think Sunday. that's like I haven't waited till a, Sunday on a, a big factor in a while. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, I just, I, I don't even have the patience anymore to wait. Till, okay, it's fucked up in my it's okay, brain. So I'm like, jump, it's seven I'm days. I'm giving regardless. you my money. I have the subscription going. That's I'm I My fair share. I just get get a little early read. That's all. Yeah. Um, I think something that I do like about JJK is, and I've had to adjust to this, um, it's what I want to talk about today, because Matt's not as big into 90s anime and manga. Um, <clears throat> he is definitely a, and Matt and I are the same age, this is not a young person thing, but I got into anime and manga with the genuinely, I was like, the 90s are like, what got me into it. Like, you were in the room last week, it's like, Kenshin, Dragon Ball. Yeah, one piece is technically in '90s, but I don't count it. It's so it's manga been... was my babysitter at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah, one piece is so long that it's like it's literally a part of going on to its fourth decade. So I don't really, I don't associate it with the '90s. I think it's most associating is with the 2000s because it's with the big three. But even then, I'm like, 
it's going to outlast Naruto and Bleach by so much that by the end of it, I don't know where the fuck I'm going to have it. It's just kind of this... It, Matt and I always call it the Odyssey. It's just this really long fucking book, yeah. and it doesn't oh, really absolutely. have a yeah. comp. Um, but, so but in the there. 90s, a lot of these were a lot longer and part of that was i don't think a lot of authors in the 90s really knew their end game and some of that was dictated by manga was not in such a solid place where you could present this idea and be like yeah this is for sure gonna sell however many volumes it was literally just like okay if it works we'll keep it going this is why goku's here 30 years later um in retrospect i think it's why exclude some of the other issues which came up after the fact Kenshin ended shorter because your boy just ran out of ca- after Shishio. It was like, I we're we're kind of running low on characters. Give us a backstory real quick, and we got nothing else. No, all right, you're not selling as well. Get out of here. Um, to to something that I want to talk to you about when we we brought up an influence list with Gundam. Gundam's weird because they can just kind of reboot a whole bunch of new characters, and yeah. they don't need to like. There's not a core like Gundam is probably the most the biggest anime franchise brand that does not have like a a solidarity character where you're like that is him um it's a lot like final fantasy in that regard or it's like there's so many of them they're all different casts it's like you got yeah, some i mean who out. gives a shit about the humans when there's a giant neck suit it's that's not the thing some somebody might know char and that's um pretty much it because he's the the dude with the helmet, fancy mm-hmm. helmet and the mask and the mysterious persona, uh, like flamboyant persona. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a much different, I think, I think that's, um, partially because like previous to, um, maybe like Dragon Ball all, but like we, they were, uh, anime and manga was kind of focused more on the, the storytelling itself. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't have like these hyper focused uh, main characters who were like had to be in every episode, had to be in every show, mm-hmm. um, just carrying the entire series because the storyline itself was what was interesting. The action itself was what was interesting. And um, maybe that's a little revisionist. I'm, I'm not 50 years old, um, so I can't say for any sure, but I, I think. Gundam's not like a, a full-on shonen either. Um, it's a lot more mature than other anime, so I don't know if it's cool. The shonen own this. Gundam, though? Well, when I say shonen, I mean the... Like the, st- the style I don't mean shonen writing. jump. I mean it's uh, shonen... Like uh, the style. The genre, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's targeting like a slightly older demographic, especially with its themes. So, oh, 100%. Remember Gundam as a kid? Gundam as a kid... Um, and I yeah, I recently you. rewatched w- Wings, and whole you there is a lot going on in there that is just weird. <laughs> Dog, like, there's the main political. There's, oh, there's people. Oh yeah, that's, accept... that's all I'm given. But like the main female character in Wings, the princess character, she's like lusting over. Um, uh, what what is his name? Main character Wings. Um, she's just she wants this guy bad. And she knows he's a fucking psycho because he's made that very clear from the start. He's like, if you get in my way, I will kill you. Because this this anime is apparently about children soldiers, which I did not comprehend as a child. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> because I mean, all the so main characters are teenagers. 
So I'm like, yeah, they're adults. They're older than me. This is okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's wild. And like the 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 main like princess character, she's like, come kill me. Yeah, come kill me. And I'm like, I'm like rewatching <laughs> this. I'm like, what the fuck is <laughs> it's it's wild. It's wild. And um hilarious. Just absolutely hilarious. Some 90s anime does not age well. Um, oh, yeah. Well, and I don't think there was. I don't think that with um to the to the topic of the nineties is like hero. Yeah, it's literally his main fucking character's name is Hero because yeah, <laughs> of course. And then um, they even spell it H E E R O. So that's not even a spelling I would have predicted H I R O. But <laughs> yeah, um, some of these are just hilariously weird. Um, some some. Just not everything ages well. The recent Gundam movie that was in theaters, um, Doakan's Island, that one was actually really good and it just adapted old episodes from an old episode from the original uh series and it was really, really good. Um I dragged my wife along because the tickets were cheap and <laughs> she was bored <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, I'll go. And I was fully expecting and we were literally the only people in the theater. And those um, are fun. I love low movie theater counts. Yeah. And it was great because um they all they really did was like add some fluff here and there, extend it a little to fit the time just make it a movie's worth length of time. Mm-hmm. And the animation was amazing. The it was really good. I did not expect it to be that good. The trailers don't do it justice. Um Blood Orphans had really good animation too. That's the last Gundam series that I've spent a couple episodes watching. It's it's very more traditional, I guess not traditional, but it's very more um what people think of as like classic anime, like the big eyes, the cartoony faces. So the art um, style is a lot more ninety ish, eighty ish. Yeah, it's it's a lot more anime style, whereas um. I I think in regular Gundam fashion you have a more um uh western stylizing of the animation. Um you don't have like the as over exaggerated features and such like that. Um everyone everyone's proportions look normal. <laughs> so, Did you watch or read Gurren Lagan by chance? I still need to. It's just something I've never got around to and blame that on ADHD or it's 27 episodes, Doc. I know. It's not like it's not I watched half the first episode and I was just tired and I was like, I'll finish this. And I've done that like 17 times. It's because <laughs> if you if you love Gundam, like there is no way you don't love Grun Logan because the it does catch it. So it's really for a 27 episode, and there's only a few like, and this is uh we're, we're about to love the place. One of my things has always been hard for me is like, I like longer running series. I understand yeah. I'm probably in the minority of this now, but I don't love like, if someone tells me like, yo, there's a nine, 10 episode anime, I generally just won't watch it. I'm just not big into like, it's here and then it's I get gone. that. Yeah. Um, and Gurren Lagann, I was always skeptical of that because I, I had seen on Netflix like it was 27 episodes and I'm like, oh, the last episode's an hour. So, you know, they got that for the runtime. And so I was, I was just very nervous. I'm like, fuck, do I really want to do it? And I remember Chris 
Which is oh. funny because it's even shorter, so you're wasting even less of your time. You are, but so. I only want to get invested because I get invested in a lot of these shows. Yeah. That's my thing. It's like I don't want to get invested and then just fucking lose you. Like speaking of which, um, that reminds me. I meant to say this at the start of the episode. Um, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman for the animated series as a '90s child. Um, huge part Absolutely. of my childhood and i was very sad upon reading that this morning absolutely rest in peace um the oh that's so we're growing logging is like and it starts off really like the writing is hardcore for like the first half of growing logging and i think season yeah. one is like a 10 out of 10 season two it realized the budget was bigger and it was like <laughs> we can be a little more balls to the walls with some of this shit doesn't make sense i don't think the last five episodes make sense but were they fucking enjoyable to watch absolutely and if you love gundam there's big fucking robots in this they throw things that shouldn't be thrown and it's just a I, and matt is very matt is matt can give two shits if there's like cool fight scenes if he doesn't care about the story he's just like it's i don't give a fuck what it is he that is the opposite yeah, of he's not gonna watch big robots do big robot things dog which is why he should watch gundam because most of gundam okay i i'm not gonna pretend i've watched all of gundam a decent amount of gundam i want to say has given like good story to go along with the big robots fighting each other especially more recent uh the current run of Gundams, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn Matt into a Gundam fanboy. Let's do He's it. gonna be building models by the end of 2023. Hey man, I still gotta build the ship. Which speaking he of the still ship, has to build his fucking Gengar, which is like five pieces. <laughs> which and I know we're bouncing all over the place, but yes, we are. <laughs> uh, we did watch Film Red, um, not the movie I thought we were going to watch in terms of what it actually turned into um your impressions on red what you thought it was going to be going into it and how you enjoyed or um your reaction after seeing it um i think once i realized it was pokemon 3 the movie <laughs> oh shout um, out by the way for doing uh shout outs 25 years later ash did it the boy <laughs> Your boy left Pallet Town 25 years ago. I was three. I was three years old. This nigga left Pallet Town. Hey, no. Dog, this it's made it to Sports 10. Center. Sports Center literally aired Ash leaving Pallet Town in this fucking 1997-ass animation. And then they pulled up the new Ash, who looks, as a as someone who only watched, like, I think it's the first two seasons. I, I'm not even sure. I could be wrong on how yeah. people the seasons. But like that really early on, like I think I got a little past Johto and Lugia. The movie was the last one I watched like hardcore, and then after that, I was I just didn't really watch Pokemon. Yeah, your boy did it. Twenty five years. I don't even, I don't got nothing else to add to that. Just gonna give him a round of applause and you know, Ash, you, you did it, man. We we you know you did. We've all done in games since we were like six. So congrats, proud of you. Go Ash. Uh, red review. Um, I hated it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, <laughs> I like. I was actually really into it. The music was way better than I was expecting. I had, I didn't find out it was a musical, like an actual musical, until like two days before. Um, oh, I didn't know it was a musical until we literally were in the theater. And 
I don't know if it's fair to call it a musical if only one character is singing the whole time. <laughs> so That's I'm I'm fair. on the edge about that. It, like might be a motif or like a theme. I, like, but regardless, um, the music was good. I was um, I enjoyed it. I genuinely enjoyed the music. I can't say if everyone else would, but I don't know. I've seen, I've heard a lot of bad, like anime music, a lot of bad Japanese pop. I've gone through my J rock phase. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard quite a bit uh, that I haven't enjoyed. Um, I've heard a lot of bad K pop and stuff too. So I feel like that general style of music, I've heard a decent spectrum of, because I watched league of legends and they would play so much K pop in the, uh, between, uh, the Korean league games. Um, uh, back when Doa and um, Monte Cristo were casting it, so just random League of Legends people that are watching this. Um, <laughs> so I I know that style of music too much, and have no care for it. <laughs> yeah. And I actually enjoyed the music, so that take that. It felt like um the the lyrics were good too. I don't know if it was just like how it translated, but I thought the lyrics were cool. Um. It was enjoyable. That part was enjoyable. I think the the reason I hate it so much, besides ripping off Pokemon Three, the movie, is one, um, mostly that. Two, the 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 two reasons that would make this film good. Um, I realize you can't see my hand motions. The two reasons that would no, make we have this video. Film this is going good, up on video. We got YouTube um, now, so all your hand motions is recorded. <laughs> um, off. I I don't want to outright spoil the movie, but they're they're what would directly make the film canon. They hint at some very big time big deal things in One Piece um legacy and the overall arcing story that haven't been revealed yet. So if this was like how it was revealed, it would have been cool, but then the fact that it not only just erases itself from the, the very timeline at the end, basically, and then yeah, um, its place in One Piece's timeline makes no fucking sense. Uh, it just sucks because the reason it would be good would make it so much better if it was canon, and the fact that it's not makes it a mess. Because a then these very big things that were revealed were now revealed in a way that just like sucks that I get it through this like random one piece film that doesn't really care where it's at, but it reveals very big things very and very and the way it handles those messages like would have been so cool if tied into the manga. Like I think it could have been like very well done and the fact that it's not legitimate just makes it suck that much more. So I, the, I I have a is that me? Yes. Oh, yep, that is me. It's not my dog. Yeah. That's why um, I wanted that headset. So if my dog went off, he wasn't murdering your ears. No. So <laughs> it is a shit show. And I was really disappointed because um I agree with you. There was multiple ways to make this canon without being like world altering. And even yeah. the part of erasing Uta at the end, I wouldn't have cared about as much if the other parts of the story were canon because I'm cool with her 
the, the biggest issue is the the parallel between her existence and what they implied is great. Yes, but then the fact that they take that away from you, and this is all just basically a B movie that's irrelevant anyway, is like okay. <laughs> and all they had it's to like do... watching Lugia the movie or Pokemon two thousand or whatever, and then go and like being like, oh, this shit's sick. I love this. And then you go watch Ash fuck around and be useless. And it's like, that's why I stopped watching Pokemon. That juxtaposition. (laughs) Ten-year-old me just couldn't handle that. He's like, no, this doesn't work. I don't like this. (laughs) And if they had just included, which I highly recommend, and I was kind of start, I was pissed because I was really excited to talk about Chapter 4 Billion. And I thought the whole purpose of them coinciding with each other were it was like, hey, because they're basically just like Viva Card database, right? It's just essentially telling you like they're, and Oda's been doing this some more in the final saga where he's like, all right, I'm not going to do my normal detailing. Some of this shit, I'm just going to tell you. This is who he is. This is what he's got. Boom. Talk about this last week. And that's pretty much what Vorbillion is for the Red Hair Pirates um, without totally exposing everything. And like even some entries are still vague. Like the Beckman entry is literally, he's just, I think it's like a literally a three liner essentially. It's, He's comparable to Shanks. He's although he's more ruthless than Shanks. Um, and I think that's all we got on Beckman. Like yeah. it's it's not so it's not like altering. It's not or like somewhere where it's like, oh my gosh, he gave this huge spoiler about Beckman in the no, it's just literally like this is who Beckman is. The world's and then, of even in the movie, that doesn't really line up because if anything, Beckman's shown as a very compassionate character. That like he's not making a ruthless decision the only time we see him in the movie. He's making a like, I'm gonna stand up for my crew kind of decision. Yeah. So but I think it's it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. It's they they, they didn't wonky. stick to the if they had just and I wouldn't have cared if like I get it. I'm not expecting like the coolest moment of the series, and they could have done they could have done or the movie, sorry. Could have done so much with just the the red hair pirates would have made this movie. I could give two shits about the literal we're gonna ignore hockey for the first hour and a half while we're in this little spell world. Fine, whatever. Maybe it's yeah. just you know it's different. And at this current timeline, I could I could almost fib myself into thinking, okay, well, Law figured out hockey beat spells, but Law smarter than Luffy. So maybe, you know, it took Luffy an extra month or two to figure this out. Fine. Whatever. Have your little sing world. Do your thing. The red hair pirates were the only reason this movie was going to be credible. And it literally was shoved in our face with Shanks pulling up at the end of Wano. And that even makes Oda kind of like somewhat responsible for this, where it's like, you're holding this in front of me. I am shoehorning this character in here when he doesn't make sense. He's not necessary. There's a thousand other ways to resolve this, but I got a movie coming out and I'm a deep diving in because you know, he's a part of the final saga. Yeah. And what's he going to do in the movie? Literally fucking nothing. Literally, literally nothing that your boy holds a sword up to Kizaru. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm zero shocked. Even the yeah. moment at the end where it could have been like this one saving grace because it's like a, a cool moment in like a shit show when he does like his conquerors hockey. Okay, yeah. we all know his hockey is nuts. And you could have even, you know, if the rest of the red hair showing wasn't a shit show, it could have been this cool thing to almost redeem Green Bull. Is that, yeah, of course Green Bull was scared shitless. Shanks has hockey that's strong enough to freak out two admirals, let alone one. 
Yeah. Why? Man. And this is why people shouldn't have been in the movie theater with us. I was just, we were just laughing too much at this. And I think yeah. some people were trying to take it really serious. And I'm like, guys, I can't. Like, I they, they flash in the first 20 minutes of the movie. They're like, oh, it is dangerous. Go get, like, the whole world domination I thought was corny, even from One Piece. Yeah. It was like this really out of left field. I'm like, this is, this does not feel like a One Piece storyline. Yeah. But I, um, but they're like, we're going to make it really serious. So a kind who gets on the phone because he needs his two minutes in every movie because you so you don't forget about him. And it's like, well, what's he do? All right, get your ass over there. Okay, well, who's Fujitora with? Well, we're gonna put him next to Kizaru. Okay, I'm 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 kind of sold. Cool. I get to see, and the admirals have always been pretty reserved characters because for the most part they're too strong to fight in public. Kizaru literally, I'm still not sure El Sabote's not more blown up than it was shown. Because your boy yeah. definitely kicked a tree out of existence within 30 seconds of being there. Also flew in on a cannonball and destroyed someone's home. But we won't we'll ignore that. Um I messaged you. I, I hated Kieser's behavior in this movie. It felt to me very off-key for him. Fujitora literally wore that was the funniest part of the movie. Your boy wore literal goggles. The I blind know. samurai I was, dying. <laughs> was, I was wearing dying goggles. Part. When he puts on the fucking goggles, like no one else is like, what? Like, why, <laughs> why, why does why is your boy? Ha- I fine, cool, whatever, you know. Also, if he can't hear and he he can't see, like okay, I get he's got the hockey, but like, what well, he can hear, I think it's just his eyes that he no, forcibly no, because he couldn't no he couldn't hear because of the the goggles or the yeah the they have the earmuffs on too yeah yeah so the earmuffs is blocking out his hearing he already can't see. So like he's just exclusively using hockey to get around. Like yeah, it's he, okay. It's he's just that's that's how. But he, it's, uh, that's, that's so how your boy. You know that's how he does it. I guess you know that's why he wants to see Luffy's face. Um, so I get that. And Fujitora is even like for who's more involved in the movie. I could argue the Kizaru is because he just gets there earlier, which also doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like Oops. what was Kizaru doing for an hour, just walking around the island? He was on um, the other part of the Grand Line, I guess. I don't know. They literally pulled up on the same boat. And Fujitora pulls up, has a whole conversation, says, please stop. And the, the, the usage of the characters, and I'm a big fan of this. If the movie's not going to be canon, at least give me some cool moments. Yeah. Um, Z, the other the other One Piece movie, gives me some cool moments. And Kizaru's in that movie, too. And he fights Z, who's a former Admiral. And they go at it. They have a cool couple scenes. Kizaru shoots off a lot of light. And your boy has... The, the plot of that movie is he has found like the fake fourth ancient weapon. It's just this explosive shit that essentially could explode at the same power or a little lesser than an ancient weapon. And it's like, oh, that's why he's dangerous. And I'm like, cool, fine, whatever. It's a movie. Just give me an hour and a half. Entertain me. Give me some cool fights. And if you're going to give me fan service characters, give me the fan service. I got no fan service in this movie even that was like credible or worth a shit besides just the one Shanks moment at the end, and even that was like, I, I, you know, like anything. It's it, this, this. Just read chapter four billion. It's a much cooler thing. Um, um, as soon as I can find it somewhere, I don't know. They had some. They had some, like, the uh, Bartol Bartolomeo. Um, yeah. They, I mean, they they brought him back. It was kind of fun to hear his, like English voice. What the idea of his voice would be, 
Um, so like I I don't watch the anime, so I'm guessing it sound he sounds like the rural, like punky dude. Um, in yeah. The, in the anime in Japanese, which is just hilarious to me, imagining that. And I think uh, um, they also had another cameo. I'm not totally sure. It was Lob, Beppo, um, Bartolomeo. But it was a voice cameo. Oh. Um, I'm going to double check that right now. Khalifa, for some reason, is in this movie for no fucking reason. Who's that? That's the bubble bitch from CP9 who just who's literally just oh, watching yeah. everything. And it makes no sense. They Okay. And I just for people that want to go see Red, go see it. If if you know if, if you enjoy it, fine. I'm not here to ruin your fun. They literally establish, and the Straw Hats are strong at this point. Like this is not like this is in their timeline. Fifth Emperor Straw Hats, right? So it's literally right yeah. before Wano. Yeah, right before Wano. Would you make? Yeah. Um, also, I I gotta say, I think Justin Rowland, the voice of like Morty and uh Rick Rick and Morty mm-hmm. um I'm th- pretty sure he has a little cameo in this and I was like caught off guard but I'm not I can't find confirmation in it but I could have sworn his voice was in it and apparently he's a One Piece fan so I'm like everybody's a One half. Piece fan or should be <laughs> he, hey he's he's building the the sunny ship so <laughs> gang gang he's a real fan <laughs> yeah they're like, nah, like, like I said, the things that I thought was going to be cool is, and I told you guys like after the theater, I'm like, Shanks is a really cool character off the two lines of information they give you in his, in chapter four billion, which is, and it made, which is why I was hyped as fuck for Katakuri in this movie. Cause it was like, what a perfect character to show off what makes Shanks terrifying, which is you can't see the future in front of him. Why was Katakuri in the movie? What did yeah. he, what did what did he actually do besides ignore Uda's rule, which is if you hear her sing at all, you fall asleep, and the whole big mom pirates, and don't tell me they're all too strong, even though this is literally post whole cake, so whole cake should still be in ruins. Kaido just ignored everything. Kaido said, "Fuck this movie. I don't want to be a part of it," and every big mom pirate just listened to her and went like, "Okay, yeah, that's her." And and the volume was on because they knew she was Shanks' daughter. So it's not like you could be like, oh, well, they listened to it on mute, just like the five elders. The five elders were worthless in this movie. Yeah. And they brought Lucci in just to stand there. It it felt like it was supposed to be a cameo and like it kind of like head nod to the the manga readers, especially with like um Kobe being so significant and they literally having like a hype moat hype moment for like the hero Rocky Port. Um so it's like okay that's that seems all very like just nodding to the fans, but then like nothing happens. And so we're just like okay. Like like give me the fa- like yeah, I don't like the the final fight sequence if once again, and a lot of One Piece movies have this problem with me, well at least well, specifically the last two where they give you these non one piece villain things that just don't look like they're from the franchise. Like the demon King does not look like it's from the franchise. Yeah. Uh, bullet did not look like when he transformed into gigalith fucking mecha armor ton did not look like he was from the franchise. And I'm like, why? Like, like once again, this is why I am a 
I think Z is a like a perfect funny movie. You get a you get a former who's canonical even like the they Oda is like yeah the one of the admirals prior to the original three pre time skip Z was a real admiral and that's all I'm telling you. Um, and then nothing else has been disclosed about him, which he did with this movie too. The sil- there's a I forget what fucking chapter it is, but someone I was just reading this. There is a silhouette of Shanks holding somebody on his back, and the silhouette is is Oda confirming like yes, that is Uda. She is canonically his daughter. The events of the movie though are not canon, but confirmed. Shanks has a daughter who has a really bad movie. What happened to yeah. Shanks' daughter? We don't know. Maybe she sung and the Demon King came out. Or maybe they just threw her in the ocean because she had the sing sing. It just was so it was just so stupid. Yeah, they, was... the, the red hair pirates had a chance to like I said, just don't break them. Don't introduce them in essay through this movie, but Give them those moments that we like already kind of like Yasop probably had the that best ga- moment. That gave me an idea. You know what? That gave me an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Before yeah, before we go to that. Yasop and Usopp's moment is so fucking good. Yes. And then the, and we're giving we're hearing that piece from Usopp, and they don't even show his fucking face. He's like floating around. Like, what the fuck? Like, That's a big moment. That's a big moment for that character. Absolutely, and, and the camera's literally not on him. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's, that's all you. That's all you needed. That movie that like, that that is a big disservice to Usopp as a character, to the manga fans for reading all this and getting that kind of moment like that. It especially was like, when he does do shit in the manga anymore. Yeah, like Usopp is going on a good five years, but but his last significant event was knocking out. Um, homegirl in dress Rosa because his face was scary. Yeah, I don't think Usopp did anything in Wano, did nothing on Zoe. Cole Cake, Nada, your boy is three arcs in, and it's just like he just is on the ship. <laughs> like he is oh, Usopp, but I'm not even the biggest Usopp fan. I'm not a part of the. I'm not a part of the Usopp fan club. I understand why it exists, and I understand why people like the character. But your boy needs something. Like we talk about Frankie, Frankie needing more time. Like Usopp definitely yeah. needs a moment or two because yeah, he's borderline I, not a straw hat right now. And, and if I had to give like any significant criticisms to One Piece, it's that Oda himself has kind of like let the whole crew as a whole kind of fall by the wayside. We've seen a lot of focus on um Robin, uh Sanji, and uh Zoro. And then everyone else is kind of like becoming more and more background characters. Chopper had a really cool moment um, at the castle. That was nice. Um, But Brooke and Frankie and Usopp, um, probably the most, have kind of been just ignored. Um, With the recent chapter and Brooke kind of like waiting things out with uh, um, Zoro, I feel like maybe... He's kind of like being reckoned, like the fact that he's not being grouped in with the the cowardly bunch is kind of like a good sign of like, hey, he's going to get like some screen time this time around. I do want, I do like Frankie has to get screen time this chapter. Oh, absolutely. Like when else are you going to get like if, if not for the Vegapunk period, when? So it's, it just needs to happen. Um, and Usopp, who knows when he's getting it? It's, genuinely upsetting <laughs> so when he meets his dad um, finally 
It's like you've grown up so much. Not really, Dad. I, I'm yeah. kind of just, I just, I just hang out with stronger people now. Yeah. He's like, I've got professional bodyguards. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that. Let's not talk about the movie anymore. Yeah, no, Red was, <laughs> like I said. Um. Oh, that's... this is. I told. I told Matt. Like I said, I don't know if you're just waiting to read Chapter Four Billion. Uh, now that you've seen the movie, are you interested in knowing Shank's bounty in Chapter One? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought we were going to see At that the... in the movie. I was too. I was. I thought I was seeing a lot more in this movie. Um, and this is really confusing to me because it just makes a lot of the context weird. Shank's bounty at the time of chapter one was 1.4 billion berries. That's really your, high. Your boy was already on like borderline emperor watch. Yeah. And it's just so, this. So and it's yeah, Garp's so territory. He become an emperor until like right after leaving Windmill, which Correct. is fucking hilarious to me. Like yeah. he loses an arm and comes back stronger. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah, he lo- he lost his arm, then went to like Matt and I's theory, and I think you've been with us when we talked about this before, is that we just assume he killed whoever the fourth emperor was at the time, which we kind of are inclined to think it's another former rock pirate because that's the do, only people that were allowed to be fucking do emperors. Do we know there was four emperors before? We we don't. The emperor system yeah, is literally just the rock pirates falling apart. And yeah. that's really the only confirmation we have. I'm just assuming what let Shanks join that rank was he took somebody out and it's why he immediately got, cause it would make sense too. Why he immediately gets the respect of the other three, because those, those monsters only respect each other because they understand how hard it is to fucking knock somebody out. Yeah. So it's also why somebody like the, the best thing Oda has done for Colby as a side character is giving him a victory versus a rock pirate. Like yeah. that is a huge accomplishment because now he's got one. Shanks has one theoretically, Luffy has one, and then Kid and Law shared one. If we want to go down that way, and Blackbeard has one. If there's a a lot of people killed Whitebeard, but like Blackbeard got the last shot in, and I, um, I guess Akainu too got like half a kill. However you want to phrase that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's very few kills of rock pirates, and it's between um, like six seven people. So you said something interesting before about like dumping Udo's body in the ocean and then talking about the insane fruit. Like part of me wonders is like uh, there's like a, a running theory where the fruits will just spawn on like the closest um tree or like fruit tree. Mm-hmm. So like there was a big big theory for a while that um someone on the crew is gonna eat like the snow snow fruit because of that harpy that Zoro kills. Yeah. Um and then they have fruit on the sunny so they get uh the tree there. Um the fruit would end up on one of the fruit trees there. Um that's interesting. Yeah. Um so like part of me wonders is like okay if someone like dies in the ocean does their fruit like is like where the fruit spawns like a free for all and that's why it's like so hard for people to find the fruits. And maybe like that's part of like Blackbeard's power is that since he like can negate them, like maybe he's also like negating um some law of how the fruits like spawn and that's why he's able to control and give people fruits. That's interesting. Blackbeard's gonna be so this is just like spitballing. We oh, yeah. all we know is like they have some manner to control 
Well, this uh, is the arc that's spitball because theoretically, yeah. this is the arc Oda himself has said. We'll, find out. <laughs> we'll get the backstory of Devil Fruits when we get Vegapunk. Now he didn't he, tell he us. He said that. Yeah, he said because oh, when he, shit. whenever he's been asking the SPS, like, "Hey, when are we getting Devil Fruits? When are we getting Devil Fruits?" He's like, "When you meet the scientists. When you meet the scientists." And because someone asked him, they, there's just one quote that keeps going around. They're like, um, "You said no to fruit. The fruit doesn't exist twice in the same place." And yeah. Otis said specifically in the line everyone's hammered on is I haven't messed up. I said the same power doesn't exist twice in one place. And that's also confirmed in uh, Ace's story. And um, they show um, Ace's future first mate taking a bite of the fruit um, yeah. right after Ace. And it's... All he gets is a bite of rotten fruit, basically. <laughs> yeah, <see that laughs> Dude gets <It's>, fucked. <laughs> so, but Vegapunk is essentially the, literally the key to the world. Um, in Oda's mind. He's like, it's, Oda, Vegapunk might as well be the most important character going forward in One Piece, because the information he has. Your boy literally has O'Hara in his head. Um, I do want to, I want to do want to talk about 10 minutes about the chapter, and then I want to get into some jake anime takes and manga takes oh no because this is the episode of jake we are going to respect that uh you just told me this like 30 minutes before the show started you absolutely i want the answers to be i want the i want the real-time answers to be fresh and expressive the best Why? way to get content are we doing this right now or wait uh what no, well, let's let's discuss do? the chapter a little before okay. we get into it um, all right so i got it pulled up right here so let's see. They go through walking through the city more, um, and then they start or looking at the city more, and then they start talking about um, Robin interacting with the Vegapunk bot, um, clone, whatever these things are. She's like, "Are you saying the machinery was?" Uh, so Robin knows everything he's saying. So this is something she's been holding on to this whole time, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise, but. Come on. <laughs> should she gonna have dropped some hints? Um, so like clearly she knows more than everyone else. Um, which it makes the fact that she's surprised by kids, um, like the one like uh who was burned reveal or whatever the exact phrasing is. I th- mm-hmm. I think it's the one with the burn scars or something like that. Um uh interesting. So it means like they found a poneglyph that they don't, um that she knows nothing about um i think it was big mom's poneglyph that they stole um, yeah uh which is how they be one of the uh which is when they he be one of her commanders um uh so we get like dive into that um we get some confirmations of the various theories everyone's really had forever is that the current government is basically the winner of this forgotten war that no one knows about, and they've been manipulating history since then. Which well, um, Flamingo knows about it. Yeah, we've we've basically this has basically been all but confirmed up until this chapter. So this I I don't think is a huge surprise to anyone. It's just sick no. that we finally got it. Yeah. Uh, was it was it a surprise to you? No, the twenty v one war. No, yeah, but I, no. I like the fact that it was this very. Because they, they, I think they've explicitly s- said that there was a golden kingdom that like t- one uh, kingdoms fought against, and yeah. uh, so we've lo- everyone's long since assumed this was the world government. So, and I love that it's so um, 
Oda, I like to think, you know, this is a, this is a, a fictional story. It's like, obviously, he's going to do it, you know, in, in flames and things. But I do like when he throws in kind of like these real world jabs of it's like, yeah, this is kind of how fucked up people are. Them fuckers over there is too smart. How do we deal with it? Kill them. With what? Yeah. Make a bigger gun. These niggas got like, nah, you've seen these ar- the armor they got, like the machines they got. I don't give a fuck. Kill them. There's 20 of us. I fuck it. The the fear of knowledge and the fear of the unknown, uh, which is just a unfortunately a historical human thing of just being scared and not knowing what to do with it, except kill it with fire. Um, that being a big one piece backstory, like, yes, we've already known, but the confirmation of it is like, yeah, this is this is people, no matter what worlds you throw them in. Yeah, people are just shitty when they don't understand things. Uh, did you and this is my only and I yeah go ahead so oh no I'm sorry to 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 your Robin point is it makes sense I think on both parts why a Robin knows and B where Robin doesn't say shit because a even if Robin says shit nobody else is gonna understand it because Robin only makes sense I mean she knows who's the only she knows the crew she's got Luffy doesn't care Zero doesn't care everyone else doesn't want to hear it because they don't want to be on the hit list. So yeah, yeah I think and the only her... person that might care is Frankie. Um, especially given this chapter, how his fucking reaction uh, to this news uh, is that's fucking awesome. So I love Frankie. Please Usopp's reaction give me more Frankie. Usopp's reaction was on point too. I like, want to unhear everything. Please don't kill yeah. me. <laughs> Come on, brain. <laughs> Forget you didn't hear nothing. Um, I love that. So, do you like um, how Vegapunk looks? Did that feel uh, like if you when you imagine Oda is like he's like I I, I knew he was gonna be an old man. man. I knew he was gonna be like an old fucking man because of all the previous depictions. I swear he gave like this like huge like earlobe uh, silhouette before to him, and I'm. I'm actually fairly confident in that because it showed up in the Caesar arc. I mean, that could be, but, but your voice changed in this chapter too. So, but yeah, the huge fucking tongue and the head—it's—it's it's literally a caricature of that picture of Albert Einstein stick, sticking his tongue out. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone's gonna. I'm wondering how many people actually got that at first glance, <laughs> but it, I thought it was funny as shit. Um, I'm curious why he has an apple on his brain. In that last image, like what's going on there, and his like he head's popping his... open like an alarm clock. He, I think, he had yeah. to condense himself. Like so, like he literally cut his brain up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think he had to literally as he was. So this is going to sound really stupid, but it's like it feels like Oda. So like his head's. We're assuming the way his body would be constructed is like pretty much here and above is all brain, right? Yeah, I think he literally had to cut his brain into seven pieces, and, and each of the little Vegapunks have a piece of his brain and then he has his own seventh inside of him or maybe a slightly different percentage like he wants to have most of his brain in his own head or in his own yeah. body but he had to literally split himself up into like all six of these vegapunks are living they yeah. all have a little bit of his brain yeah and dragon even says like did your game uh uh like it looks like your head's gotten bigger so i'm thinking like either he like ate a fruit or something that like allows him to grow this or he's just fucking another weird ass human oh, i think he's a weird ass human i hope it's not a yeah fruit. who knows i really um hope it's not a fruit. i guess we'll find out soon enough um but they don't they don't show the top of his head in this chapter 
until the very end, which when it's like way fucking smaller and it's got like that apple cap on it. So like it makes me think like, yeah, he did like because like was that little apple top thing on there before? Why is there a stem? It's kind of upsetting to look at now that I see the stem. <laughs> like what's what's it connected to? Why is there an apple core? That's upsetting to think about. Um, he has uh, what's the apple poking on? It's the yeah, crash like dragon. What's going on there? Um, I love, I love that O'Hara was a turning point for the world because I get. I think most people's impression prior to this chapter about O'Hara was like, if you're around the world, like maybe you heard about it, you didn't weren't too familiar about it. But no, like O'Hara, like quite a bit of like significant people knew about, and then they were. And then when they heard about, especially because of uh, what's his name? Um, to, they say his name like a crap ton in the chapter. Um, Clover? Is it? Clover, yes. Um, yeah, because like apparently Clover was just this like wild adventure, was co- which is cool as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I love this chapter. It's really interesting. And then the fact that it's, this is like the turning point for Dragon. Because he's he's previously just head of freedom fighters, yeah. Uh, the freedom fighters. So like this is before the revolutionary army. So we got a timeline on the revolutionary army right now. Because previously we had no idea how this existed. How long so is that O'Hara? Means, what's the actual timeline from the Ohio incident was? Um, twenty two years ago, I believe, or twenty. Here, let me say. Uh, yeah, O'Hara West Blue twenty two years ago, a few months after the Buster call. Because Robin is way older than the rest of the crew, right? Besides, so Luffy's Brooke. not even born at this point. Yeah. So this is after. So w- Luffy is born after um, the formation of the Revolutionary Army. That's uh, nuts. Which is really interesting to think about. Um. So we have like a hard timeline on a lot of things now. So like five years later, um. Uh, Luffy Man. is born. Um, and because Robin is no, it'd be three years if O'Hara's 22, Luffy is 19 post time skip because he's 17 oh, okay. when he takes out for uh, when he goes out to sea. Okay, um, yeah, I'm just going off the first results from Google. Um, and then One Piece, uh, Robin is uh, 30 years old, um, maybe 32. If let me see, uh. Age, yeah, okay. Robin's thirty-eight or thirty. Sorry, she was twenty-eight um, when she was revealed. Um, so she was uh, like eight years old at the time of the events. Um, so I think this this is a big deal and this is really cool because like this sets like a specific timeline for things in motion for a lot of things. So like we now have we know when the revolutionary army was formed and not, I don't, I don't think everyone like anyone really thought about that before. Like we just thought probably about it as this like opaque um, organization that just existed. We have no idea how long they existed for, but now we know it's a relatively small timeline and they've grown really fast in just a little over 20 years. Um, Well, it's also interesting because it wasn't just, at least the way I read it, it wasn't just dragon's idea. It's like him, Kuma, and uh, Ivankov are essentially all on the same level as far as starting it. Yeah, Dragon by end of Dragon and might be stronger than the other two because it is the way they at least the dynamic is Dragon is Dragon gets the title of the leader, but well, we don't know that he's the strongest. We just know that he's the leader. 
I think he's the strongest. So, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just go. I out mean, Kuma is pretty fucking strong. So Kuma's terrifying, but Kuma, I don't think you would if Kuma. I think Kuma's the most unfairly represented strong character in One Piece because because well, we never see him at his like strongest. All he literally just like has to like goof around to save people, and then like he never like f- we never see him be- like show that imagery of the tyrant. Everything we're hyped up to be, so we really don't know. But um, it's hard to move. say. He- like huh? he's theoretically Kuma's with like his fruit and like the way he launched the straw hats, which he could theoretically do to himself. Only Kizru should theoretically move faster than him. And your boy's built like a brick shit house with the world's smallest legs. Well, we don't so, really know how his fruit works either. So <laughs> he does shockwaves uh, and he launches things. Yeah, and we just there's no like explicit information as far as I'm aware. We just know like from what we've seen, what and what we've seen doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> so Bonnie, how old's Bonnie? Um, Bonnie is, I think, Luffy's age. So she's not born yet. I so Kuma and Dragon literally founded a fucking revolutionary uprising army, and they were like, "Yeah, now's the perfect time to have a child." Which I mean, that's not like out of the norm for like why? Why do you start a revolution? Like you want things to be better. You don't. You're not happy with it. you. Actually, no. She's twenty four. Okay, she's, so she's already alive. Yes, so um, she was born right before this. So I mean, realistically, like if uh, that's not an uncommon thing of like um, civil rights uh, uh, figures, especially um, being killed, and they have families that it's because they're stri- trying to uh, put something in motion so their children see a uh, sees a better life than than themselves, and that I think that makes sense and. Um, revolutionaries are typically depicted as like romantic individuals you like so of course they're gonna find someone uh they love and then have a child it's it's not incredibly uncommon i mean that that tracks i think what makes it interesting is that um if dragon is not directly related to um garp then he had Garp's grandchild directly after um started. starting the revolutionary army. Like right like he he meets uh the daughter. Yeah, there's no then, way Dragon is Garp's son. Cause like I, I'm I'm standing very which, high on the hill of like it is Garp's daughter who had yeah, a child. Because he him. explicitly says your father, not my son. And he which just I handed Luffy to Garp going like, hey look, dog, the life I'm living your boy can't come and you're yeah. literally the safest person on the planet to leave him with because and you might beat the shit out of him but no one can beat the shit out of you so yeah and it, i think that's like the big why else would luffy end up in his care versus dragons because dragon wants the best for luffy regardless of what he's doing he doesn't want you don't punish to, the kid for the sins of the father which is a yeah, consistent and, one piece thing and he saw him taking care of ace for that very same reason so he knows like if anyone's to be trusted it's Garp Garp's kind of a victim of his own uh generosity at this point <laughs> so yes. um I got two things and I think this is I think I'm gonna double down on my Vegapunk literally split his brain into seven things because oh, I, I actually think that's the case because I mean we see a fucking hollow head in that last image so it's like and what's O1 going on says here? He's got the all the researchers in his head, and 
if you're Vegapunk and you're that smart and you know half the information in your head is probably it's it he knows like some of the shit I know is if I told them that I knew it, I'd be killed. Because yeah. he is not really a part of the world government. Um I I, I said a couple months ago, I was like, he feels like a warlord just as a scientist. Then the government has the most access to resources, which is what he tells Dragon this flashback, like What's the point of fucking joining you? You got no fucking money. What would I do? I'd He's be like, some smart person. <laughs> yeah, like some smart person who can't build shit. Wonderful. Um, but knowing that that would kill him and knowing that he'd always be a target, splitting himself up into these seven different things, that's how you make sure that knowledge never fully goes away. Because unless they can kill every single one of you, which I mean, they're all on the island right now, but I'm assuming that in most cases, they're not all in one spot hopefully um i'm also which shout out to maddie's not here but for calling that saul's alive and i a thousand percent think saul is the one marked by flames yeah well it's like the one with like burns or something it it was like the literal translation is like because your boy got freezer burn that we got from uh jump let me see your boy has legit freezer burn from aokiji who well no he was also running through flames yeah, I mean, but he was—he's a giant. Giants don't really light on fire that well. <laughs> no, he no like, I've seen like giants take cannonballs to the face, and they just fucking act like it's normal. Yeah, no, he's because the island was burning, and he was like carrying Robin through it, and then he like must have ran back or something. So, I mean, he was explicitly burned. It's not like freezer burn. <laughs> yeah, boy, because I think Alkiji freed him post um, saving Robin, and he just went back there and said, Look, "Yeah," because. Aokiji has this weird thing, which, and I didn't know this until I looked at his Viva card. Um, Aokiji has not always been lazy justice. It explicitly says in Aokiji's Viva card, yeah. he used to be fiery justice until Ohara. And that's yeah. what made him go, well, that kind of that guard line of thinking where it's like, okay, being this strong doesn't matter. There's still fucked up things happening. And it's literally fucked up things happening as because of the organization I'm with. Like Sakazuki being able to kill everybody on this ship. It doesn't matter how strong I am, I couldn't stop it. And that yeah. just fully goes off a cliff when it's, you know, 20 years later and he gets this shot to fight him for potential control of this organization and he loses slash, I think, just gives up. I also think that, like, the one thing I want from that fight is I just think a kind who did him kind of dirty. No, nah, yeah. Otis says he's strong as fuck. Fuck, fuck the kind. Anyway. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, kid explicitly says in the Shonen Trump translation, which I guess is as as literal as we can get for the yeah. English audience. Um, what you what you mean finding the man with the scar, the burn scar? So that's I I don't think anyone it has to be Saul makes sense Saul because uh, who are the other candidates Saul and Aokiji and which wouldn't it be a surprise Sabo to some degree, but I don't think Sabo made a lot of sense. Yeah, people were saying Sabo because they're talking about going after the hist. Their their focus is the history of the world, um, uh, and the Ponglas and things tied to it. Sabo, um, might be like a predicted future figure as a result of that. Aokiji might have some relevance on that, but his seems like uh, Sabo seems like a bit bigger possibility than him. Um, and right now. We know Saul literally had the history in his hands, so who who better to get that as access from? And if Kid is the one that ends up on Elbaf, I'm gonna be so fucking pumped. 
<laughs> I'm gonna because it seems like kid's always a little step of the way, which means he's gonna land on Elbaf, get his ass kicked by someone. He's always like one step ahead in the worst fucking way possible. So he goes to Grand Line first, gets his arm ripped off by Shanks, <laughs> meets a big mom first, um, gets a panoglyph from her. So at least he doesn't get fucked up there. Uh, meets Kaido first, gets uh, his shit rocked. It's like, um, your boys, your boys had some rough luck. Yeah, your boys had some. Had some rough so luck. far, like his his uh. His trajectory has been like a little too soon each and every time. So if Kid ends up on Elbaf first, I fully believe that's like going to be the scenario here where he gets there, something bad happens to him. <laughs> Some giant like kicks him off the island, literally just punts him like a soccer ball. <laughs> yeah. So, and I can't, I can't fucking wait to see Elbaf. I'm so excited for this. To the kid point, we don't work to the children point. We don't have to stay here, but, uh, but I was trying to figure out the ages because Bonnie clearly is no, has no idea what the fuck her dad and Vegapunk have probably recently talked about, yeah. which is now makes the Kuma transformation even more interesting because Vegapunk's essentially he's not with the Revolutionary Army, but he's he's definitely very in tune with them. Yeah, like, and so that I mean whole... Vegapunk's just like he's Cole like. He's kind of self-serving. He's just doing whatever he can to like accelerate what he wants to do, which is invent. And so we so far we like from his own characterization, he was just prioritizing what let him do that the most. Um, which I think is fine. Um, like I get it. So like what what are we gonna see from him now? Are we gonna see him like suddenly become a revolutionary? No, I think it's more likely we're seeing him contact dragon and being like hey um they're probably gonna come kill me now because he just saw what happened to lelugia um so they're gonna come make a move on me yeah which seems the most likely so he's basically just a nazi scientist hedging his bets um and he's gonna go get a job at nasa now (laughs) you disagree (laughs) i'm wrong (laughs) i i I feel it well speaking of going to get a job somewhere you disagreed with me vehemently and called me all kinds of mean names by the way about it is i brought up it makes all the sense in the world that vegapunk was traveled to straw hat oh yeah because the combination of luffy being fifth gear uh robin which the robin's my only pushback actually in terms of vegapunk not traveling with the crew for a small voyage maybe not the end not to the end but like going with them to somewhere because technically Vegapunk overshadows a lot of the things that makes Robin the interesting character that she is. If oh, Vegapunk yeah. truly has all of O'Hara's information, like Robin's whole purpose in this story is now apparently with O'Hara, which is the event that changes the world, which I mean, when you want for, well, I don't love metaphorical comparisons to either Hitler or the Holocaust. I think they happen too much. People jumping to conclusions, but O'Hara is a pretty close, like it's a little genocide. They wipe out the island. It's yeah, a bunch of, and yeah. the reason for doing it and the play that the government had it. It's like, okay, you know what? Oh, if you're gonna go here, this is one of the few. Like, I I'll give it to you. Um, I love that it's a Streisand effect. They're like, we can't let these people exist. They know too much. We're gonna kill them out, and then it makes the revolutionary army form. Previously, the dragons just like fighting uh various governments or something but no now he's like going after the world government 
Um, what, what do you think? And before, sorry, before I get to um, uh, Vega Punch joining the crew, what do you think makes Ohara different than um, I was fuck up the name of the island that they just destroyed? And I, and I, yeah, and I and I say that because why do oh, you I, think they decided to Buster call Ohara? Oh, so an ancient weapon or ancient weapon theoretically destroy Luigia. Um. So, like, in this chapter, they explicitly state, um, the Vegapunk explicitly states, um, by the fact of knowing, um, my very existence is in danger. So, and we, we know he's been, there's an assassination order out on him already. Mm -hmm. And, um, ah, shit, what's the guy's name? Uh, the CPO agent? Luigi? Luigi. What is it? Luigi. Lucci, that's it. That's it. Um, we already know he's um like he even speculated like does this have something to do with Lelugia? So and Lelugia was a foregone um conclusion that was already being destroyed. Um, excuse me, before Sabo was on the way there. So we know like Lelugia's destruction was like planned for a while, which mm-hmm. means like either some information ended up there. Or some someone with important information besides Sabo and ended up there. We just don't know like what or who. So, um, I think like that's like that's gonna be like a big tie-in. Is like maybe like Vegapunk had a hand in um sending someone info there, and that's why um he's being assassinated now. So like Lelugia was a direct consequence to something Vegapunk did. Um. And that got outed, and so we're seeing that. Why I think the reason we didn't see the weapon before, besides like storytelling purposes, is um, one, um, like there was an ex like navy officer there too, so like they can't just wipe it out and pretend a very famous navy officer saw, um, so we can't just pretend like it, nothing happened, um, because people in the military know him, whereas in the Lugia, um there's no uh government presence there um that government presence was removed um the reason i don't think the weapon was used versus ohara's it wasn't ready yet because we've just seen like one piece is, ba- is a big like thing about generational stories um things were set in motion that led to everything going on so they probably didn't have that weapon ready before and things have set in motion where that weapon's now ready, and that's why we're seeing things escalate over time. We just don't know why that they can use the weapon now versus they couldn't before. Because, I mean, if they had access to that weapon, they would have been firing it off, like, time and time again up until now. There's no reason for it to have ever been a secret, um, or as secret as it has been and unused. So... Besides, like, the general obvious, oh, someone's, uh, we're going to alert everybody. But, like, there's clearly, like, edge cases where it could have been used and no one would have been harmed. Like, they could have wiped Punk Hazard off the map and that would have been fine. Like, why wouldn't she do that? That place is a mess. It's got a whole bunch of, like, secrets you don't want people figuring out there. Like, no reason to keep that map in existence or island on the map in existence. So that should have been, like, an easy option to remove. And plus, there's no people on it, supposedly. So, um, to the greater, so like, why was that, uh, island removed? There's like a bunch of places where like this weapon would have been like useful as an answer. It wasn't. 
So I think it's like definitely they didn't have access to something that enabled it before. It's interesting because like so I'm going back to the chapter because the thing that I think makes the weapon so interesting is it's not just firing the weapon. It's what is the government's we know there's X amount of things in people they have erased from history or tried to. Uh, Part of that's been pelled down. Um, Just someone being in prison forever. Fine. I get it. And since they they don't even really control the newspaper. And so it's weird to me. I'm like, okay, well, what is their actual method of quote unquote erasing from history? Um, And I'm curious now I'm going back to the chapter, which is 1060, which is when the weapon gets shot off. Yeah. Curious if Vegapunk was one fucking with the signal. Because there's this, there's about three pages straight of it's like the transponder snail. Oh, we found it. Hey, that's kind of weird, but it's an illusion, which was already reveling. So the five elders are like, ah, well, that's just how it goes. Oh, I just um, want to apologize. I guess I misremembered. I, I could have sworn sw- saw like walk through fire or something, but maybe I was just. Re- our heart was falling apart. I'm not going to yeah. say that he's so, but get no, he, he was, he was totally like. Just completely frozen over by Aokiji. And that's that's why people initially thought it was him. Because yeah. that's how he survived was being frozen. So you were right. It's for Illusia, that country never existed. Yeah, it's just it's I'm curious if Ve- I'm now I'm really curious if Vegapunk was able to fuck with the transponder snail, which would make more sense considering now, since that chapter we've got several chapters that show his involvement with the revolutionaries, whether him being a direct member or not. Um that's interesting. Yeah, no, this this weapon's a trip because it doesn't really make a lot of sense to just go because it's not exactly too like it's not noticeable. Like I think Sabo's not wasn't on the island. I think he was on the island adjacent to it, and he just saw it, which makes Sabo even more of a you gotta kill him because your boy has seen Eames throne as well as now whatever this is. Um, you make shit up on Twitter. Um. So, so yeah, uh, <laughs> right, to, to Vegapunk, uh, real quick. Yeah, if him, Robin, and Luffy on the same ship is technically how old is Vegapunk? He's, he's, he's old, 43. Man. I don't think it's he's huh? 43 at the time of O'Hara, so now 22 years later, he's 65. If I'm any good at math, who? Vegapunk, Vegapunk is 43 at the time of the O'Hara incident. Yeah. So we're 22 years past that. So he's 65, if I can still math. Right. Yeah. So he looks like shit for his age, just saying. But, <laughs> you know, he, he I does. Mean... I'm trying to line him up with Roger, though, right now, because I think Vegapunk is going to know. Roger said he was born too early. And that's the whole reason why Roger couldn't go farther. He did essentially everything he could within his lifespan. Which, I think well, I think Roger was born before like the prophecy, like the before like the anticipated events of what he found out. So where which is why Luffy is just right. Well, what makes I'm trying to th- Roger was what was Roger's age at time of death? Was Roger alive at the same time Vegapunk was? He was like 50 or something. He was old. Roger or not old, age. but older than you think. 
Okay, Rogers, if this is telling me correctly, because it's like, Rogers damn, he 51. had a kid. No, he's 53 at his age yeah. of death. So he's yeah. 12 years younger than Vegapunk. Yeah. Because Vegapunk's theoretically, this is what makes him such a fascinating character. And it's what makes, genuinely, I think the thing that I like the most about One Piece, and I don't know if it's really hard to pull off, uh, JJK kind of does this with Itadori. Your main character literally knows the least in the most authentic way possible. Like yeah. Roger and Vegapunk know Roger Vegapunk, the five elder stars, and Eam, because even though we know nothing about Eam, I'm just gonna assume, um, know the most about the world. Luffy don't know shit. Which means O'Hara and Roger's death, um, which I never really thought about, happened like right around each other. They're four years apart. No, 53. Fuck, I'm trying to make all my timeline right. O'Hart was 22 years ago. Roger died 20 years ago? 22 years ago (laughs) because of the time skip. (laughs) Here, I'm I'm trying to do 20 years from the timeline right now. Um, What's the fucking first? It's literally the first fucking episode of One Piece. 24 (laughs) years ago. um, Roger died? Roger turned himself in and then tw- two years later so um, he literally died at the same O'Hara time or same year no it's uh it's right before oh uh, he's two years prior to o'hara yeah okay okay so okay, okay. oh no no like um no it's like the same level so wait upon hearing the capture roger uh yeah so oh no it was like oh this fucking timeline has the fucking one piece movies fucking shoved oh, in here. Uh, <laughs> when did Roger um, die? We don't know, but maybe they anyway. It, so yeah, it was twenty two years world. ago. Um and yeah. Um and then they don't meet for um yeah, because it, it was twenty four years ago because um Shanks and Buggy don't meet for again until twenty two years later, which is the Marine Ford arc, and then two years plus time skip so yeah 24 years ago so Roger's I, yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense we see um and then kid is born right after roger's death yeah um and, which is interesting i just i just random thing i saw here um and then we see he's trying to get kid in each of these chapters yeah <laughs> <All these. laughs> um got a real gun man sick of shit um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and then 20 years ago is so just like eight years after or four years after roger's death is when a uh, Whitebeard claims fishman island is under his protection um that's, the only film where i did well not to cut you off is shanks just outright said like yeah a lot of these characters stink we don't really shower regularly like that was about the most like accurate can canon part. Like the straw hats stink. Besides, well, they got a, they got a more fancy ship. Dog, the Roger Pirates, they had to fucking reek. Like your boy was just that's Roger at fifty one. Okay, that's him and Whitebeard clashing on fucking um wherever the fuck is in the Odin flashback. Roger seen without his hat. That's just an anime thing. Fuck you guys. I mean, they did take his hat off before they killed him. But still, like, why is that a noticeable? 
I don't know. If, if, if Vegapunk joined, like I said, maybe not going all the way to the end of the story, but Vegapunk catching a ride on the ship. If anything, like Vegapunk catching a ride to go to Dragon is something I could see because I just think he's too old to survive. Like the way this arc is starting, like with the open, like we're sending assassins after him. I think maybe like one of the clones gets sent along. Um, but I think the OG copy's dead as a doornail. Um, we just don't know if the clones can live after how the system really works. Um, if it's the brain separation, I'm going to say that yes. That's if brain separation is correct. Because then they essentially yeah. are all functional. Like they're all living organisms at that yeah. point. But uh, like, It's like Frankie. Frankie but I don't know. It felt, it, um, I think Vegapunk serving his purpose as like the big reveals that we're going to be getting with this and the fruit and other things. Um, so I I don't think he lasts to the on the ship because w- from a storytelling perspective, what does him being on the ship really serve that Robin getting to Elbath doesn't serve itself and having that that's, reunion with Saul? That's the only part that's like a kick in the dick, which I do. Saul is one of the few characters that I'm like, and people give Oda shit for like not killing characters off. Robin lost literally everybody. I'm not yeah. upset that Oda was like, I'm gonna keep one person alive. Literally, the entire cast she grew up with, dead. Her mom, dead. Island, gone. History, gone. It's like, yeah, we can spare the one fucking giant and her next closest friend, acquaintance from that time of her life is Aokiji. And that's just because yeah. he's been nice enough to spare her life twice. And that's about, that's Robin's friendships. They go from dead spared my life and then all on the other end of the spectrum is luffy and it's like okay we have robin has some very drastic relationships in her life pray yeah. pray pray for robin guys um and this i this was such a happy chapter um for great. robin it made it made me so happy just like seeing like the tears of joy i was like oh it's so good she deserves we, it she's got the most her and Sanji is. I don't know if Sanji's close. Sanji's pretty brutal. <laughs> Sanji's got like his his backstory is rough. I just don't know if anybody's is like like Robin. Just like genocide's a rough way to get your introduction into the story, and then you spend the rest of your life just wanting to die because no one trusts you and you are hunted constantly alone. Yeah, like yeah, no, Robin's pretty rough. Do you think let's Oprah do that or... next episode? Just be like, hey, who? Uh, let's rank each character's tragic backstory. <laughs> oh, Robin wins. That's well, I, that... does Brooke count? No. Brooke's backstory is, is rough, too, because he technically it's lost rough, everyone. It's like, it's like a... a but it's death. not like a visceral... Like, he didn't see everyone die. They were just, like, gone. Luffy has the happiest backstory, and that's because we don't know anything. Yeah. I mean... Zoro's best friend died. Nami's mom. Nami watched her mom get shot in front of her. Her adopted mom. Don't forget that her oh, real yeah. parents her, were her already parents. murdered in front That's... of her because she was found on a battlefield. <laughs> she got it two times. Chopper killed his. Chopper killed his dad. Um, no, he didn't. <laughs> his dad blew up before his son could kill him. Um, Sanji was abused as a child, forced to run away from home, found a psychotic cook. And was left on an island to starve for about and a month they, and a half. 
and then had to watch said cook eat his own legs basically oh i mean he didn't see the leg eating happen but he know it happened so <laughs> frankie watched his father figure be harpooned shot at st- kidnapped and then hit by a, and then himself was hit by a, a speeding train uh robin is genocide brooke is slowly watching everybody die and you just outlive them which is its own it's just a torturous fucking thing who am i missing i can't see my everybody on my poster i just did luffy zoro nami usap usap's yeah. backstory is his mom's dead and his dad's a deadbeat yeah that's it's <laughs> you know you know <clears throat> Luffy's cool. Luffy's story must be great. I don't even know what the fuck his mom is, but like, your Luffy objectively alive. has like the most positive story compared to everyone else on his crew. Like, what'd you do? You just lost a brother. What was like, it? What was? Did you say Frankie? Yeah, Frankie is. He saw his father figure be harpooned, shot at, kidnapped, and then Frankie himself was run over by a train. <laughs> so, yeah. well, he was also like kidnapped and abandoned by pirates, right? That's how he ended up there. So he's an orphan too. Yes, and Odin laughed he's at him from, because he's from South Blue. I want to say, I forget where. Um, I forget their origin. I I forget everyone's like origin. See, I just kind of assume everybody's born in the Grand Line. Yeah, like, he's from the South Blue. Besides, um, he, oh no, my, my bad. He was abandoned by his parents, who were pirates, and he was, and he ended up on Water Seven, where Tom Waters adopted. Yeah, uh, Tom adopted him. And Odin laughed in his face, saying, Who the fuck gets abandoned? Thanks, Odin. The father figure we all needed. The 13 foot father. And I'm not going to go on a hydra hand again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's. We're, we're going to get into. I know I promised all of us that we're not going to have time, but we are going to get into. And Jake will have time now. Is to get into Jake's now that I can deep, prepare deep anime takes and opinions on not just One Piece but a bunch of other animes um, because it's nice to finally have somebody else to watch anime that existed in the nineties. Um, and everybody watched Golden Kamui. It's so good. We said uh, last and Megalo Box <laughs> to get you out of here. It was a list of it was the top five most impactful anime, and Jake was very offended that Gundam was not on the list. Um, yeah, we oh, yeah. agreed. Okay, we yeah. agreed on one and two that Dragon Ball and Pokemon are probably in a class by themselves. They're just kind of these huge, massive entities They're... that it's like. And is Pokemon even fair? Because it's like it runs off of a gaming franchise, which is like its own media blitz awareness. It's I, I guess Gundam has figurines too, but it's it's a much different level. It, but it yeah, poke, if Pokemon that, wasn't so clearly bigger than the other comparable. Like it's so much bigger than like Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon, uh, the the little spin shit. That it's he's the, literally the biggest media franchise. Yeah, it's in like the world. otherwise I would give you. I would say yes, Pokemon shouldn't count, but it's twenty five years is twenty five years. Like you're literally impacted three generations hey, of kids. Um. Uh. So what is, uh, Gundam's been going for over forty years. Not so. So, do you say Gundam's in the top five? So, I'm. I'm I think if I had to put Gundam, if it was like top five, explicitly top five, I would put Gundam like three with like Dragon Ball as number two and Pokemon as number one as like just straight out of my head because because Dragon Ball, while it's incredible and it's big, um, it's it was a '90s institution. 
um pokemon because it's essentially done to sell toys and video games and cycle in on itself over and over it's gonna it's been going for 25 years and it's going to go for another 25 years it's not going to (laughs) end that's why i'm and it's going to just be this constant introduction to children on like oh here's this like cool cartoon you can watch it and it's kid friendly um and it's exciting and it's interesting and it's this is why it's a big reason why i think anime will is just going to has just like slowly seeped in to um the popular um awareness is because you have just more and more kids directly um getting a younger and younger introduction because pokemon's pokemon's like age introduction has just gotten younger i think mm-hmm. like you can watch it as a five-year-old basically and it's pretty safe watch um i think as a 10-year-old it might have been weird back in the day but um they've only like kind of like made it more child friendly and, and the games themselves have only become more child friendly in terms of like use user friendliness so i think yeah it's i mean you you can directly track like how popular anime is with the growth of pokemon and it's almost <laughs> like pokemon. a one-to-one line because Pokemon is just a constant in every generation since then. So every generation since then is going to be aware of Pokemon. It's going to have that background influence just by fact of existence. So I think I think it makes sense. I'm not I'm not mad at that. I think the logical, especially I think that'll age better. The what I'm about to say is I think if you're going to right now on November 11th to 22, I think Dragon Ball is one. Um, I like your point though of Pokemon will outlast Dragon Ball, and Dragon Ball is already they are going to drag goku across his fucking finish line bleeding but he eventually oh, no they already did they're dragging the skeleton around now <laughs> <laughs> correct because like he will eventually he will stop before pokemon stops so i think in 40 50 years yes i think pokemon will i think what you're saying that will put it in the number one spot um yeah. i think impact wise right now uh i've just ever since we've been doing this show is like goku to me is like the symbol of like he flew anime on his fucking shoulders and flew it over to north america and because of that, in terms of his impact, I think he is in that number one slot right now. Pokemon, I'm cool with two. Um, my only real argument where I would say Gundam might not be three is the show that I never know how to judge. Um, <clears throat> and that's Sailor Moon. Um, I know Sailor Moon yeah. is a huge cultural thing. That's, that's I was a fair. boy. I just didn't get it. So I'm not going to come on here and act like the yeah, fact that I think same. I'm also aware of Sailor Moon lets me know like, okay, this was massive. And- like my it's just a funny little thing my mother-in-law uh 47 uh um mexican woman um that only came to the u.s like 15 years ago um was deeply aware of sailor moon very big fan she absolutely loves it so it's just like another thing where like not everyone is going to realize like just how many cultural boundaries this yeah. Uh, this media actually crossed because we all live in our little bubbles. Not correct. Uh, I'll give you Gundam in that top five. Uh, the show I never will rate because it's just literally the I'm never going to rate Astro Boy. It is such an enormous gap between yeah. Astro Boy's start and everything else. I'm like, dog, I'm not comparing. It's literally Astro Boy started in the, the 40s. I think is how old it is. The 30s or 40s. Like it's stupidly old. 
So I can't even compare it to something like Gundam is like, all right, cool. The seventies, it's still a 30 year gap. And it's like, yeah. what was going on in the, like Astro Boy was 52. black and white. 1952. Was this first episode? Yeah. April 3rd, 1952. Okay. So, so I got a 20 year gap between Gundam and then I got another, I got a 30 year gap. No, 52. So I've got, uh, I think what's Dragon Ball's first chapter, 80. 281 it's like early 80s so i got a 30 year gap with dragon ball and then i got a 40 50 year gap with everything else so astro boy you're not on list i'm sorry you're in this reserve slot you were first congratulations um and then my number five which i feel very confident on as much as i love 90s anime um i think naruto snuck into like the top five in an anime perspective i think for younger kids like so we're pushing 30 i think for kids that are between like 15 to 20 I think Naruto is literally their Goku. I think Naruto yeah. got so many kids into anime at such an alarming rate, even more like running alongside shows like One Piece and Bleach, strictly from an anime perspective. Like, forget the Oh, it's much better. Yeah, yeah, it's like Naruto is just on this. I think he deserves to be in that top five. So for right now, I would say, yeah, Naruto, Gundam, Sailor Moon, even though I don't understand it. Uh, what, uh, One Piece, Dragon Ball, and pokemon would be my i feel pretty good about top five for impact but with that being said <clears throat> jake's wife just walked in the door mine will be home in about 10 minutes <laughs> so it is time for us to wrap this up as always appreciate everybody for listening at a toggle at 9080 at brambleberry on or sign an ashes instagram brambleberry <laughs> on instagram at shadow riley on twitter he is tweeting at least once a week now so we're improving matt's twitter activity right before slowly but surely. nice uh, it's, it's, <laughs> hey dog look i i i would i i would not gonna pay eight dollars but he just took that shit down today we're um, going back to tumblr <laughs> <laughs> hey tumblr is shit posting on twitter right now and it's fucking hilarious um <laughs> anyway um heart of all network twitter instagram facebook wherever you can find us listen to the episodes not just from this show but real big three and hard for radio wherever you guys listen to podcasts and we will see you guys next week Bye.